The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. I came to you all earlier in the week to share with you from my heart, to share with you the heaviness of the burden that several of us have been feeling and the, the weight that's been on my heart, the ups and downs of the various bits of news the news of heartbreak revolving around the murder of George Floyd. The news of sadness of us losing one of our own with the passing of Mike McCarter. The celebration of new life with the announcement of my daughter Bailey and her husband Jared. Finding out that they have a new life that will be joining us in less than a year. And then the celebration that many of us took part in last night, celebrating the victory and accomplishments of our graduates. There's been a number of parties, birthdays, and at the same time, acts of injustice and social unrest and protests that have turned violent. It's a definitely set of uncertain times. I read a, a meme that said, congratulations, you've reached June. Welcome to Jumanji Level 6. Not trying to make light of what's going on, the circumstances in our world are traumatic. We have never faced anything like this in our history. And it's so important for us to find our footing and realize where our foundation truly lies. For me, my hope is in the Lord. And for those of you who consider yourself children of God and have come to call Him Lord and Savior, our hope is found in Him and in His truth. Over and over again I have heard the words from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8 be quoted, be shared in creative posts. It is a key foundation for us to be aware of during this time of uncertainty. The passage starts in the book of Micah from the Old Testament, chapter 6, verse 6 and following. With what shall I come before the Lord? Should I bow myself down before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Has he told you, O oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? There are many religious things that we as people can do. We 
Many times we'll become religious in times of tragedy. During times of turmoil, we will often turn to God, hoping that somehow he will fix things. Throughout the Old Testament and throughout ages and even modern day, people have brought things to God, hoping to appease him and to bring blessing into our life, thinking somehow if I give him enough now, he will bless me in return or take away the suffering and the pain. But God doesn't require our religiosity. What does he require of us? He requires us to do justice. To love kindness. To walk humbly with him. To love him above all things and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And who is our neighbor? During the time of racial tension and turmoil for the Jewish people, Jesus gave the greatest illustration of what loving our neighbor looks like when he pointed at the Samaritans. The Samaritans were despised and rejected by the Jewish people. This was a form of racism for their time. And Jesus said, the good Samaritan, and told the story of the good Samaritan who went out of his way to take care of a, a, a beaten Jewish person who was left for dead. And Jesus said, now we will be good neighbors if we go and do likewise. I want to take a moment and I want to pray that the words that I continue to share today will be the words inspired by the Holy Spirit. And more importantly, that our hearts together would be open to hear from Him. Because it is, it is He who we need to hear from right now. He is our leader. He is the one that we should rest in and find hope in and find our peace and instruction in. So join me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your unending love. I thank you for your tremendous heart of mercy and compassion. The scripture tell us that you looked down and saw us and our brokenness and saw us as sheep without a shepherd. And so out of love for us, you came and became one of us and became the good shepherd to come and to care for us, to take care of us, to tend to us, to give us what we need and ultimately to lay down your life in our place. And so for that, God, we, we, we worship you, we adore you, we look to you for guidance, for strength, for hope, for instruction. And God, I pray right now that you would open up our hearts to hear from you as we look to be the people that you've called us to be, to be the chosen priesthood that you've called us to be, royal ambassadors sent on your behalf, to bring peace and joy and hope into this dark world. And we need you more now than almost any other time, God. We need you. So be with us and lead us. In your name we pray. Amen. So how, how can we do the things that God requires to do justice, to act justly, to, to, to love kindness, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? As we walk with one another. I'm going to dive into some practical things. But before I do. I want to again just share with you from my heart. Where we've been. You know this week. Was a series of ups and downs. And I'm reminded of the verse from Romans chapter 12 verse 15. Where it says rejoice with those who rejoice. 
and mourn with those who mourn. This week for me started off with us uh, gathering together some of the amazing leaders in our church last Sunday and letting you hear from our hearts in reaction to the tragic events that were unfolding after the murder of George Floyd and the protests that were sweeping across our nation. We pulled together some of our godly leaders and we encouraged you that we as a church are not just going to turn a blind eye to this. We're not just going to sit idly by, but we were going to do something about this. And today I'm here to share with you some things that we can do together, some things that we're already doing, and to encourage us to keep our, 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 our heart to the face of God, our, our eyes looking to see what He wants us to do. We are called to rejoice with those rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. Our current circumstances are heavy. We're dealing with corona. Place on top of that, we have unrest across our nation. We have political leaders going at one another. We have people who we've looked to for truth and, 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 and hope failing us. We've got family members suffering church family members dealing with the death of our brother who breathed his last breath this past Tuesday. And we also are celebrating new life. Rejoice with those who rejoice and at the same time mourn with those who mourn. It is an honor and a privilege to be a part of a church who takes these words seriously. To know that many of you were standing in the parking lot of the hospital Praying for God's healing in Mike's life and praying for Merrill. And we continue to do that as Merrill is still in the hospital, still positive with COVID-19. And then to then drive across the, the neighborhood to join several of you who showed up to honor Maddie Doyle as she celebrated her 16th birthday. And then last night... At our graduate celebration, those of you who showed up to celebrate the accomplishment. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of a family, a community that cares like you care. But what are we going to do for our black brothers and sisters who are hurting? Last Sunday, I was able to join and be a part of the peaceful protest. To be among the crowd and praying over them, trying to bring hope. I was encouraged by what I saw by the police who were there, the chief of police, the deputy chief of police, the, the uh, community liaison officer, and many other officials there letting the people know that we are in this together, that we are all here to seek justice. We are all here to weep and mourn and go through this tragic time together. The Bible tells us that if we are the people of God. We are called to pray for our nation, to humble ourselves and repent of our sin, and that God will heal our land. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul describes in detail that the church is like a body. Each part of the body is needed. One part of the body might be like a hand, one might be like a mouth or an eyes, and, and another might be like a foot. And, 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 and how can one part of the body say, I'm not needed? All the parts of the body are needed. When one part hurts, have you ever stubbed your toe? 
In some ways, you might think your toe is unimportant until you stub it and it takes over. You, you have pain throughout your whole body. When one part of our body hurts and suffers, we all suffer. And we have suffering in our body. If one part suffers, we all are called to suffer with it. There are so many in our world suffering right now. Grieving. Hurting. Beyond description. And we as the body of Christ, we hurt together with those who are hurting. And so how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do about it? I, I, I want to encourage you, if you are able to, to not shield yourself from the pain. Many times we, can, we think that if, if something is happening across another land, it's, it's not here, it's unfortunate, but man, we'll say a quick prayer for them, but then life moves on and, and we will forget and we will go on with life and we will move on, but let us not do this for this situation. Let us take the time to really read what is happening. Let us take the time to really listen to those who are hurting. Let us take time to understand that there is true injustice happening here and in other parts of the world. It's so easy to just be sad for a moment and then go on with life, but let that not be the case here and now. It's so it's so important for us to understand the pain. And so I, I forced myself last week to watch the video of George of what happened with George Floyd. And 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 when I first saw the short version that came out, I, I was speechless. I couldn't believe what I what I was seeing. My heart just sank and my, my being just broke. And if, if you saw what happened and, and it didn't touch you, it didn't disgust you, it didn't move you, there's, there's something wrong. What happened was, was a senseless evil act. And I, when I saw the longer version and I saw George Floyd begging for mercy and calling out for his mother as he felt his life slipping away. My heart, I, I, I just couldn't finish it. I had, to, I had to turn it off because I just couldn't understand how such a thing could happen. And that, that helped me understand the pain that is being felt by so many. And we have to understand this. We have to understand that, that it is this kind of injustice that has been allowed to happen. And we have to do something about it. And so that's what I'm calling on you. My fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We as the church are God's plan A for this world. And there is no plan B. We are called to show up. To speak up to stand up and to support, to do justice where it needs to be done. And I know that there are different organizations out there and, 
And I know that when I say Black Lives Matter, uh, from my heart, I didn't even understand there was an organization. So I'm not standing here promoting an organization that I don't know about. Some people have written me separately, privately, and said, do you know they support this, and it's negative, and this, and it's negative. And what I say Black Lives Matter, I want you to hear from me that black people matter. The life of every black man and woman in this world matters. Whether they know Christ or not, we are all created in God's image. We are all created to live and, and live fairly with one another, to live in love with one another, to, to act, see justice done among one another, to be treated fairly. And every black man and woman right now, it, it, it's clear that they have not been treated fairly. There are social injustices that have been allowed, continued to, to, to be allowed to happen, and they continue today. And so we must realize that, that black lives do matter, and we are here to make a difference. We are here to let them know that, that we're here to support them, that we're here to come alongside them in their time of grief and pain and misery and 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 let our 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 mourning turn into action turn into support and and when i say supporting justice i'm not here to say that that some others have made made statements during the protests they were they were calling out police as if the entire police force was evil I have, we have many people in our church who are part of law enforcement and every single police officer, law enforcement officer that has gone and pursued a career in, in law and justice, the ones I know are honorable and they're seeking the good of mankind. And, and, and so this is not about choosing a side and whether black people or, or police officers you don't have to choose a side. There are some bad police officers out there, but there's also some bad pastors out there. There's bad people of every every organization. There's good and bad. We are here to say that we're here to do what's right. We're here to support those who are being treated unjustly. We're here to pray for those who suffer unjustly, and we're here to pray just as much for those who protect us bravely. We are here to do both. Some of the most encouraging things I've seen are pictures of protesters alongside police officers, kneeling together, praying together, crying together. It's time for us to be united. It's time for us to come together and to fight that which is evil and to pray for God's love and his salvation to be known by all. And so I want to give you just real quickly some practical ways that we can do justice, that we can love kindness, that we can walk humbly. And the first step, I believe, in this current situation is we have to admit there is a problem. 
Number one, I believe we have to admit that racism is real. If you don't see it, then then your eyes must be closed or you're, you're under a rock somewhere. Racism is real. And until we, we understand and admit, uh, we can't expect to be part of a solution to a problem until we acknowledge that the problem exists. Racism is real. We know there are many problems in this world. Right now we're dealing with a, a coronavirus problem. And you know what? In realizing and seeing that there is a true problem, the powers that be, organizations out there, they're, looking, they're working hard to keep us safe. They're working hard to find a cure. Drugs in many ways are problems. And so we have law enforcement to help police drugs and to take care of things. When we see there is a real problem, we do something about it. We have to realize that racism is still a real problem. And we have to do something about it. So what can we do? Well, I want to encourage you that it starts at home. It starts at home with teaching the truths of Scripture. It starts at home with us living the right way among one another. It starts at home with us educating our children. There are a number of resources being poured out today. Uh, Cindy Lazo uh, posted one the other day of uh, how to t teach racism to all ages. And there are things that we can do at all ages of life and stages in our, uh, in our, for our children. And so we as parents have to take on the step uh, of, of having discussions at home that are safe, that are age appropriate. I love that uh, whoever put out the movie Just Mercy just made it available for free. And it is a great movie for families to watch together to get a true picture of what racism is. And how we can possibly do something about it. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. It's available on many platforms and it's been made free right now in light of our current culture's circumstances. And I want to encourage you to go watch it. I also want to encourage you to teach your children that, that, that all children are created equal. Equal. And that we get rid of the mentality that there is an us and a them. And that we understand that we are all an us and an us. That God made all of us. We are the human race. And just because my skin color might be a slightly different color than yours does not make me any better and you any less. We are one. We are all God's children, all created equal in the sight of God. And once we admit that racism is real and call it what it is, that it is evil and that racism breaks the heart of God, that's the first step to finding a solution. It starts there with us admitting that it is sin, that racism is real. The second thing we have to do is we have to take time to truly listen I love that we live in Northern Virginia, and it's been said that, 
If you reach our neighbors, you can reach the world. We have a very diverse culture. You have neighbors who are most likely from a foreign land or from a different upbringing than you and, and a different a different nationality. And so my encouragement is, is get out of your comfort zone. Go out and have conversations with neighbors. Do it from a safe distance, but get out there and do it. Go and find someone who has a different story or a different background than yours and ask them, how has racism ever impacted your life? And take time to listen. I consider an honor and privilege that on our staff, we have a diverse makeup of nationalities. Some of our pastors are black. Some of them are white. Some of them are European. So different backgrounds, different makeups in life. And, and, and I've found myself even having conversations with my son-in-law, Jared, who's African-American, and asking him to share with me stories of racism in his life. And you know what? The more I heard, the more I realized what I didn't know and what, that I, what I needed to learn. So sit down with somebody a little different than you. Carve out the time necessary and say, tell me your story. Tell me how the events that are happening in our nation, how they're affecting you. Have you ever been impacted by racism? And take time to truly listen. You may hear some stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. But you know what? Some of the most powerful moments in life happen just outside of our relational comfort zone. So step out and take time to listen. So let us admit that racism is real. Let us take time to listen to those who are dealing with the effects of it and, and asking them to tell us their stories. And, and the third thing we're going to continue to do is, is we're going to pray. Second Chronicles, I quoted a couple days ago, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And we can't do this alone. There are, there are problems in our world that God never intended for us to deal with alone. He is there in the midst of every storm with, with us. And he simply calls us to call on him to seek his face. To repent from trying to take care of things our own ways. Uh, to try and seek revenge and justice on our own but to turn to him and allow him to lead us. And so how are we going to pray? We're going to pray for those who are hurting. We're going to pray for Mr. Floyd's family. We're going to pray for the city of Minneapolis and all that they're dealing with. We're going to pray for the cities around the world that are dealing now with uprising and, and protests that are turning violent. We're going to pray for justice we're going to pray for compassion to rule our land. We're going to pray for those who are suffering unjustly. And we're going to pray for those who protect us bravely. We're going to pray for opportunities to serve and to be a voice for justice, for restoration, and for unity. 
throughout scriptures, we are called to be unified. And Jesus' last prayer in John chapter 17, he prayed that we would be unified. We are one people, one race, one body of believers. And Jesus prayed these words in John chapter 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me even as I have loved them. Jesus prayed for unity. Paul prayed for unity. Our leaders throughout the world, we have many who are praying for unity. We need to realize that prayer is not the last resort. According to the book of Ephesians, prayer is one of the strongest weapons that we have at our disposal. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark age. There are evil forces trying to turn the hearts of men against one another and against the God who loves us. And so let us continue to fight these battles while standing side by side with our brothers and sisters and kneeling on our knees, fighting in battle, praying. The strongest battle we can fight is on our knees. Let us not see prayer as all that's left to do is pray, but instead the first and most powerful thing we can do is pray. So we're going to admit that racism is evil, that it's sin and that it's wrong. We're going to take time to listen to those who are different than us. We're going to take time to pray. And we're going to take time to love. To love. How do we love? We're going to love unconditionally like God loved us, not expecting anything in return. God loved by demonstrating the greatest act of love, giving up his life for us even while we were sinners. And his enemies. And we will learn to love as he loved. Loving overtly. Loving recklessly. Loving boldly. Loving generously. Loving self-sacrificially. Loving bravely. Loving until it hurts. And continuing to love. Lavishing the love that God has poured into our lives. Into the lives that God has placed around us. We're going to love our brothers and sisters. We're going to love those who are hurting. We're going to love uh, the black brothers and sisters in our life. We're going to come alongside them. We're going to love at all times. Some people have also argued saying that using the phrase black lives matter is, isn't as important as saying all lives matter. You know what? All lives do matter. And even unborn lives matter. The child in my daughter's belly right now, uh, belly, is, is a child of God already. Is, is a child being formed, knit together in my daughter's womb. That life matters. But you know what? There are some specific lives that are hurting right now. And I raised three children, three daughters. And I love them all equally. But when one hurt... They got special attention. 
I loved them all, but there were times when I would go to Bailey and say, Bailey, I know you're hurting and I love you. Jordan might do something and, and be hurting and I go to her to encourage her and I say, Jordan, I love you. Alexis, I know you, you were, had your heart set on that and, and, and not getting it. Your heart is hurting. You know what? I love you. There are times and seasons where our love is not just expressed to all, but to the one. Another scripture tells us that Jesus is such a good shepherd. As a shepherd, if he had all 99 of a, 99% of all his sheep, but there was still one missing, he would leave the 99 just for the one. And that's what we're called to do right now. To pay attention to our black brothers and sisters and to let them know that they matter. Black lives matter. Their lives matter. The hurt that they're dealing with matters. And so let us love on them. Let us come beside them. If you have a black coworker, if you have a black neighbor, go out of your way. It may be uncomfortable, but go and just let them know that you stand with them, that you love them, that you're here to support them, that you're here to be God's light and love in their life. The Bible tells us that hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Proverbs 10, 12. Love covers sin. It dispels anger. It drives out fear. Love helps forgive and love heals. Let us love like the way we've been loved by Jesus. Unconditionally. Jesus doesn't hold our sins against us, but he loves us anyway. Let us learn to love that way. So what we're going to do is we're going to admit that racism is wrong. We're going to take time to listen to those who are hurting. We're going to together pray for justice, pray for mercy, pray for things to be done right. And we're going to learn to love one another, even if it's uncomfortable. We're going to go out of our way as Jesus went out of his way to love us. And so as fathers of as followers of Christ, when one body of the uh, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And so we're going to do what's right, we're going to act justly, we're going to love mercy, we're going to walk humbly, and we're going to do it together because we are the body of Christ. And so I look forward with hope. I look forward knowing that there is joy in the morning. There is joy in the midst of this darkness. And Jesus is here to help us be the people he's called us to be. Ambassadors. Love bringers. Light sharers. Hope dealers. And so, you and I together, we're going to go out and share this love of Jesus. If you're hearing me today, I hope that above all, you hear the message that comes from behind and around all of this, that there is a God who loves you. He loves those who are hurt. He loves those who are suffering. And he loves you, regardless of what you've ever done, regardless of who, what you think about him. He loves you. He created you. 
He knows everything about you and he wants to be in your life to give you love and care and support. And he wants you to know him. If you today would love to enter in and begin a relationship with him, I'm not asking you to take some religious step. I'm asking you to open up your heart to receive into your life a God who truly loves you. The Bible says that while we were enemies of our God, with sin in our life and us being separated from him, he came down to this earth. He died on a cross, taking our sin upon himself. As he hung on that cross, going through a mockery of a trial and being crucified for sins he never committed, it was always his plan to go there in our place, to take our sins upon himself. He went to the cross for you and for me. And while he was there, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And as he gave up his life and allowed his blood to be shed for the forgiveness of our sins, the Bible says that if we confess that we are sinners and admit that there is sin in our life, if we confess that we need him to come into our life and to forgive us, to wash our sin away and to make us new, if we call out to him with our voice, And say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. By believing in him and calling on him as Lord, we will be saved. And that by believing in him, we will be called children of God. You were created by him. He wants to be your heavenly father. He wants to have a real relationship with you. If you want him in your life, call out to him right now. If that is the decision you're making right now, wherever you are hearing my voice, call out to him right now. If you want help understanding what this means, message me if you're able. Send me a message on Facebook. Email me through the comments below. Reach out to us. Fill out the connection card. Let us know that you today want to begin a relationship with a God who created you, a God who loves you, a God who is here to give you hope, to sustain you through these dark times. He is here with you, and we are here to be with you as well. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let us commit now to doing what needs to be done to be the body of Christ Not just to say we believe in God, but to walk with God humbly in the city where he has carried us to do the things he has called us to do. If you're ready to do that, let's do it. Let's get out there and make a difference. Join one of your community protests that are going on. Pray for the things that are happening. Let them know that you want to hear their voice and and take time to listen, take time to pray. And take time to love. Join me now. In this mission. And let us pray for God to give us the power. To continue to do what he's calling us to do. Father God I thank you so much. For the mission that you've called us to be a part of. For the life you've created us to live. To be vessels of hope. Of peace. Of mercy. And justice. Give us the wisdom and the 
knowledge of knowing what to do during these uncertain times, lead us one step at a time. And for those who have just given their heart to you, I pray, God, that you would surround them with love and joy and help them to become connected to a group of people who will help them grow in their relationship with you. We thank you for all you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. I love you. I love serving with you. Now let's get out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We've been blessed so that we can be a blessing to those God has put around us. Let's do it.